This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast presented by Miller Lite. The 12 games above 500 Philadelphia Phillies, the smashed, finally smashed the bell Philadelphia Phillies, the 10 of 11 Philadelphia Phillies, the best Philadelphia Phillies team, Jack Fritz. That yo was the best in honor of the best Philadelphia Phillies team we have ever talked about on this podcast. Hey, buddy. Not even close either. Uh, James. Let me just start off this podcast by saying this, because I think it's very, very important. Um, And I think it's very, very important for everyone that listens to this and everyone that loves this podcast, loves this baseball team, lives and dies with them just like we do. Dude, we deserve this Phillies baseball team. Like, we we just deserve it. It has been a freaking decade of dreck. There has been high hopes at some points. There has been obviously just a, a lot of despair, a lot of a lot of downturns, a lot of questioning. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? A lot of uh, tricking ourselves into believing. A not lot of I. lying to no, ourselves. Not me. Of, not me. Yeah, Definitely no, more you. Not you. That yeah. I'm obviously talking about me of the two of us with that. Clearly. But, clearly. But but there's a lot of points during this last 11 years, wherever, where it was like or even more of the last four years when they're really trying, where it's like, really, I, I, I'm going to do this every single night. And like a true sucker, I'd be back the, the next night and and be willing to get sucked back in again by this baseball team. And it's it's moments like the last two months that, that frankly make it worth it. Because I tell you what, there is nothing quite like having an actually good baseball team. Like, I genuinely had forgot what winning baseball on a night in night out basis looked like. I mean, it's been so long. I was in high school the last time I actually knew what it looked like. And what we've seen since Joe Girardi has been fired since Rob Thompson has taken over is genuine, good baseball. Every single night they're taking care of bad opponents. They, they have bullpen moves that make sense. What a novel concept. They have pretty good starting pitching. And what we're finally starting to see is an offense that. You know, for for most of the year, they've been top ten in mashing, man. Yeah, like they've been top ten in runs. They've been whatever, but it never felt like the offense that we were were hoping heading into the season. They've arrived, and they're doing it all without Bryce Harper. Like I don't think that can be overstated enough. Like they are, they've gone whatever. I mean, they're thirty eight and nineteen, twenty one and thirteen. They're twenty one and thirteen since Bryce Harper went down. Twenty one and thirteen since they lost. The MVP of the league last year, Jack. Like, that's astounding. It's stunning. That is what winning teams and winning cultures are. It is not about one player. It is not about that guy just carrying the team. Like, like obviously, Brian Howard being the ultimate example of just being able to put a team on his back and carrying them for months. Like, it's not that. It's it's every single player stepping up. Finally, your boy, Nick Castellanos, oh heating my God. up. Thank never God, a doubt. Dude. Never oh. a doubt. As you were, as you were, I'm sure, oh. in an altered state Friday night uh, at the Fish concert. Oh, 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 oh Nick, buddy. Dude, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> Neighbor Dan texts me. You text me. I'm, like, searching for the clip as I'm on the beach waiting for a fish show. I see him freaking crank one to left field. I was like... That's that guy. That's the dude. That's why I wanted them to sign him. Where the hell's that guy been? Oh, dude, buddy. Like, you know things are going good when Casty's cranking the ball out the left field. Dude, I got to be honest. Like, Reese hit some homers over the weekend. That's like, wow, that ball was destroyed. I it's been Oh, a- yeah, especially the one uh, on uh, the the – second of the first inning ones or yeah. whatever like that like up oh my god dude but it's yes. it's been a while since i've seen a, a right-handed philly do that to a baseball you know what i mean like the castellanos mm-hmm. homer was just like it was it was gone in in three seconds i think honestly it reminded me a ton of those old school worth homers like remember the one off of samarja that like was just i think it went second deck like the castellanos homer on friday like 
frankly, James, I haven't I haven't stopped thinking about it. Like the reason. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of too, in terms of like off the bat and out, not quite to the same level, but like when Stanton would come in with the Marlins yep. and just turn on one. Like that. That's what it looked like off the bat. That kind of explosion and just out in a second. Yeah, and you know it's not even just the big price, the 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 big name guys. Like you're starting to see contributions uh-huh. from everyone. Nikki Maton, Derek Hall, uh, like dude. I know, I know. Stop, stop. We're not talking about the average, but hey, haters, it's over 200 now. Oh. Just so you know, 204. Oh wow, so he's now a good player. Um, <laughs> the Matt Veerling three run home JT, run. everybody, like oh. the whole lineup, man. I mean, JT's been unbelievable. White hot ever since the Toronto series. Ever since that whole thing, dude has been locked in and and like to your point jack i think it's such a great point and i will uh you know probably do something you hate but i'm going to compare it to fish because as you know most people know and shout out to my buddy philippe who i saw at the show on saturday night happy 41st birthday buddy i will be having that soon that was a sad thing to say because i already feel jack let me tell you let me tell you i feel so old after going to three straight fish shows like i am i am cooked buddy like I did this podcast with you because, A, you're one of my favorite people to talk to on the planet. And I actually missed you not seeing you today at work, but also because I had to. Like, there was no question. Like, this team is finally making us, like, excited oh. to, to, you know, we were excited to talk to each other. Now we're excited to talk about the freaking team. But here's the thing. All right, so I was at the Fish shows, so I caught up on the games and all that. But obviously, Jack will be the expert for these games, not my my finest weekend. But I, First of all, the first time I've been at a show and like desperately checking stats, like that's how locked in normally I'm like, eh, you know, if I miss, well, I'll, I'll check later. Like I needed to know stuff in the moment, but also like, and you always make fun of me for going to a million fish shows and I could be different, but um, it makes me think of to the point you made about like what it's like to have like a real baseball team again. Cause it's funny. Cause the, there are 12 games above 500 and in my head, I'm like, it has to be the first time since like 2012 or 2011. And it's August of 2018, which is absurd because we never felt like that team had any chance and they fell apart in September. But like, it is funny to think that it was in 2018. They were this far above 500, but that wasn't a good baseball team. Like this is the first time, certainly in the history of this podcast, really in the last decade that we've had a real, real good baseball team that we can believe in and count on and could, could not just make the playoffs, but I believe could do damage in the playoffs. Like, you know, hottest team wins. But uh, to your point, it's funny because um, what it made me think of when it's like I almost, you know, forgot what it was like to watch a good baseball team and the idea of yet we keep watching, we keep watching it. I uh, I went to not this weekend. I had a great time in AC fun shows, but but we went to an MSG show uh, uh, in April that was like one of the best shows I've seen in years. It was just awesome. The vibe was amazing. And it was just me and Emily. And we were next to this guy all the time. Super nice guy. And at the end of the show, he gives us a hug and he's like. He's like, I've seen fish 200 times. And he's like, I chase fish for nights like tonight, like those special nights where everything's just like perfect. And this Phillies team is like reminding us of what it's like to have a baseball team that's like that because it's been so foreign and so long since we like got to go into a game and not be afraid all night and not count on things all night and expect the bullpen to blow it or expect the team not to hit or expect no one to come through. And and it's like honestly, Jack, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like I I I honestly forgot. Like it's been a decade. I'm I'm almost 41, man. I was like a young man the last time the Phillies were good. Like it's um it's I'm I'm like really really excited about what's happening right now. And I, you know, to your point, we deserve it. Like this podcast deserves it. Let me tell you. But the listeners of this pod and the disease Phillies fans yes. and all of us who have like watch this stuff year after year after year after year some years knowing we had zero chance and a lot of years knowing that even though we quote unquote had a chance we really didn't have a chance jack like this is like special right now and and i I really i really think that there's more great to come you know i trust this team and let me tell you how little i care about that they played like oh they just played the nationals it's like i have seen this team lay down and not play up to their standards against enough bad baseball teams over the last couple years by the way 28 of the next 35 are against losing teams so you know they're going to they're going to have to beat up on bad teams, right? Yeah. You know? And it's what they have to do. Although uh I mean, who could forget the the 2018 uh collapse because I believe it started uh when I went on my honeymoon 
And I left my honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Left my honeymoon, and oh, I came you had back. To watch Nola Scherzer on the honeymoon. Yep, watch Nola Scherzer on the honeymoon. Very good decision by me, per usual. And uh, came back, and they were not in first place anymore, which is a shocking uh, thing to, to to come back to. But yeah, it's just you know, it, it's so funny because even when they lose, and it hasn't been obviously often recently. I mean, they've won you know ten of their last eleven. But even when they lose, it, it's not. <laughs> I love how casually you just said that. You're like, you know, they've won 10 of their last 11. Like, no biggie. Yeah, it's just another day in Philly's land. Just win all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's not like sky is falling. Like, it's not just, it's not meltdown every single time they lose. And we got to reassess if Joe Girardi was firing him was the, the right move or whatever. And, like, this team sucks. And they're not going to make the playoffs. And they're going to blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not sky is falling. It's just normal baseball losses, which is such a fun concept to be around where it's like we don't have to melt down every night. We don't have to treat everything like the Phillies or like the Eagles because we finally have a baseball team that we can trust. Like we finally have a team that we don't think is going to crumble, that we don't think is going to fall apart with one loss or, or bullpen this, bullpen that. And it, it, it's just for as long as it's been, being able to have that feeling again, like this last, again, like, you know, 40 games or whatever, it, it has felt so much like the heyday. And I know that, I know that, that Rollins and Utley and Howard and Hamels and they're, they're all time Phillies legends. And we, we all understand that. But what we're seeing for the first time is I feel like the next core and we're seeing the next like our guys. And that's just a really fun place to be at as a Phillies fan is like, this is going to be the this is the worst Phillies team I genuinely believe for the next like 5 years. Like I think they're only going to continue to get better. You know that they've they've improved uh obviously on the major league level. We believe a lot in the in the drafting. We believe a lot in the player development. I mean, they've turned into a legitimate pitching factory. Like I think in the front office too. And, Ani and Mattingly and all uh, these guys, you I mean, know. Like I don't you can't tell me it's not a coincidence that for years they had been so like so terrible at finding the 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 value at the margin players and then the yep. second ani gets here from the rays it's like oh here's andrew Bellotti. and here's like all of these fringe players gyro munoz like they like they're they're finding these 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 camargo r- guys who are just contributing and that's what you need you need guys like to just contribute throughout the season not everyone's going to be there at the end but you need those guys to come up throughout a season and, and make a difference. And, and without having a farm system of guys who are ready, you have to bring guys in who are like cheap and expendable, you know? And I think the the last point on all of this is probably the biggest indictment of the Joe Girardi era. The 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 prospects that came up just never felt like they were like it seems like they never felt comfortable. And Seeing the the kids do it, whether it's Hall, whether it's Mayton, whether it's Veerling, whether it's Stadi, like seeing them do it, uh, it just makes it that much cooler in a sense, you know. And 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 seeing Joe Girardi gone, and all of a sudden, wow, these young players are actually good. Like we're starting to see the potential. Alec Bohm has developed into a a legitimate threat. He's a three hole hitter right now. So. You know the the and young- playing Sterling defense, yeah. dude. Like he had multiple plays this weekend where it was like Alec Bohm. Like honestly, even three months ago, before like that moment, all that I don't think he makes that play. You know the play in the the perfect game, or you know until it didn't. And by the way, we're gonna get the I know, boy. I know, but but like that was a great play. The play he had uh, uh, yesterday, like down the line, like throwing it, kind of going out of bounds. Like he's just been he's been more confident out there. Yes, and it's got me to a point now where it's like, could he play there long term? Like, can he just mm-hmm. stick there for the next, mm-hmm. you know, six years? If they like, because there is that that roster decision that's going to come. It's like, well, we're going to repay, are we going to resign Reese, or are we going to move on and and possibly, yeah, Bone moves over. But I mean, in a perfect world, You'd, you can keep oh, both of them big time. I mean, look, Reese's. You'd much rather have Reese's bat at first base than Bones, like, and have Bones bat at third, like. That makes so much more sense. And to your point, Jack, if he's already improved this much over the course of a season, you know, just with some some stumbles, and obviously he's not a finished product, but, like, he's gotten better, why can't we believe that he could still get maybe a little bit better, yeah. you know? And can I make a, a, a declaration right now on this podcast and something that uh, I, I feel very strongly about and something that I'm sure that you will agree with? Are you ready for it? Uh, have I ever in the history of this pod said, no, Jack? 
I'm shutting down your declaration. Of course I'm ready. Please. I would like lifetime contracts given out to Bobby Dickerson and Kevin Long and Caleb Cotham. I I, I, what it, this is. And Rob Thompson. Screw it. They're all getting lifetime contracts. <laughs> I don't I mean, care. 38-19 under Topper. Mm. I, mean, I I love when, and it's on brand, but when you'll, whether it's, you know, I have something really important to say or I have to make a declaration or whatever, and it's like always the most fritzy thing. Like, of course you would lead with Bobby Dickerson too there before we even get to Rob. Like, just really on brand. And you know what? I'm with you. Like, Best coaching staff in Philly's history by the numbers. He's not well. Come on, they're they're, they're playing like a, they're they're on like a a one hundred like just under topper. They're on like a one hundred and sixteen win pace. They're like the the Mariners. They're the twenty whatever two thousand eleven Mariners whatever. Yeah, the, the and they'll keep it up too. But like, look at Bobby Dickerson and and the second he comes back, I think Reese has been pretty good at, at first base. I think actually Didi before they they released him had his best defensive season in a while. Stotter by I, far. I mean, I mean, Bryson Stott, like I, I was kind of resigned to maybe not a shortstop long term. I think he's looked really good there. And we all know at second base, I 99% sure he didn't make an error uh, playing second base. Oh, at dude, all. he's a stud at second. And we'll get to why there's you know, pretty interesting name that could make him the future second. Baseman. I know. Come um, up later. Uh, Gene's been great. Um, and then you look at Alec Bohm. I mean, Alec Bohm has just taken a, a, a massive, massive step forward. So, I mean, that's that's two pieces of the infield defense that people viewed as like, oh my God, it's going to cost them a thousand, a thousand uh, uh, games this year. But frankly, it hasn't really crushed them. And I think it was, uh, I think Destiny compared Bobby Dickerson to Jeff Stoutland, which is a big comp. I mean, that's Ooh, a big that's that's comp. a great. I I can't get there yet. Like, I appreciate it, and it could be like the early returns are good, but like. Stout has a longer, re- I, I like the my lotted thing. Like, yes. it, honestly, oh. like is almost the most impressive any level, any position, any sport coaching thing I've ever seen ever happen. So, but I I appreciate the reach. I appreciate the take. That. So would Alec Baum have turned to a Gold Glover? To surpass yes, exactly. The... I mean, that's what it is. This guy was a freaking rugby player. Yeah, like but he was also a freak athlete. He was also a freak athlete. I get it, pal. But like, come on, he's like also potentially a all pro left tackle. Like, also, come on. football's easier than baseball. So I mean, come yeah. On. Not even mentioning like how Stoutley can go like thirteen guys deep and have like Brett Toth playing an acceptable left tackle. Yeah, I think we're good. Well, he did uh, blow. Great point. Ch- and, Chance and Warmack point, was not good. We're lucky. When was the last time we were on here just talking about how excited we were about the Phillies coaches? And to your point with the Girardi thing, it's not just the young guys, and I think it all is obviously it's part and parcel it's a whole thing but it's the vibes man like even the philly twitter account shout out to our people down there we love you guys like it's a lot of tweets like the vibes are great hey the vibes are good like you like it's like because they are because like there's real like vibes with this team and it's the players creating it and there's a culture being created because thompson's letting them do it and not instituting this this you know hardline way that Joe Girardi clearly had. I mean, again, like, I, you know, we, I, I I could go back and forth on the importance of managers in baseball, and uh, you know, honestly, I I the more and more, and I I've always thought this in Joe Joe Torrey, but the more I think about the importance of managers, I think I'd much rather have you be a a great culture guy and a so-so in-game guy than than a bad culture. The problem was Girardi was bad at everything. Mm-hmm. He was a horrible in-game manager and a horrible culture. And it seems like Thompson's a really solid in-game manager. I'm not ready to, like it's common sense. He's been good, but I'm not ready to say he's like, you know, Frank Kona with Andrew Miller in those playoffs where he basically, you know, kind of changed the way relievers are used. Like those kinds of stuff. Like he's not like the most innovative or whatever, but like he's really solid. And the the culture that he is not necessarily created, but allowed to be created, like fostered, like supported for these players to create their own culture. Like, man, I, I like, I am so impressed. I, I know you tweeted this, and this is such an aggressive tweet, and it's one of the reasons I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also implies that you know, we know what happened with him. But but you tweeting that Rob Thompson, the Phillies might have found their their next Charlie Manuel with Rob Thompson, like, like super aggressive through you know sixty games. Or whatever, but like, I totally got it. Like, I didn't think it was like I wasn't like whole oh, Jack. Like, I was like, 
I mean, you're you're going a step far too early, but like I see it, right? Like I see this baseball lifer who's like got this like kind of super calming personality and who all the players just like and respect. And and you know, when he talks, you listen and he's not gonna get in your face if he doesn't need to, and like all that stuff, like I don't know. I, I again you know, I know you 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 don't actually you're not saying he's Charlie Manuel yet, but I, I thought it was a really interest I hadn't thought about it. And as soon as you said it, Jack, it was like one of those things in my brain where I was like, Oh man, like I totally see what he's saying here. Like I see that. Well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean it wasn't anything like I wasn't negative towards Charlie at all. I'm just talking about like they're No, it's a good thing. That's my point. I'm saying it is a good thing. Yeah, I think I'm they saying found... like, yes, he's not at Charlie's level yet. Charlie's no. the best manager in the history of the franchise. He won the World Series. But like the point is I understand the effect and the way Charlie had with players and the his managing style. And it feels like Topper has a very similar style to Charlie, a similar vibe. Yeah, and and that's more it. Like, you know, he seems really down to earth. He seems really approachable. He talked about in his opening press conference that he was going to talk to, you know, he wants to be in the clubhouse and actually talk to players. And, you know, I just think about looking at the team, like they're they're playing hard. Has there been any, like, wow, this guy's not hustling or this guy's not not doing no, these kinds of things? He had Odubo and he, and he got TFA'd a couple days later after Tonsil laid into him. That was it. Nobody else. One, one dude and it's the guy who always did it. And now he's finally gone. But no, Jack, like constant effort from this team. Yeah, and you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's a small thing that these guys feel comfortable enough to say that's Tomper or Topper or whoever. Like they let us say like that's Tomps, you know? Like they 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 feel like they're on such a good level with them that they can just be real with them. And you know, you never heard was there any player that had like a like a Joe Girardi like haha, that's that's my guy. You know, we talked about that a lot when he was about no. to get fired. It was like there's not one player in the last two weeks while his job was quote unquote on the line that was like, no, he's our guy. We got to keep, we play hard for him. That never happened. Like literally not once ever happened. But I think if they were like thinking about moving on from Rob Thompson, the players in that clubhouse would not be, would not be happy with that. And, you know, I joked around about lifetime contracts for, for, for Kevin Long and Bobby Dickerson and, and Caleb Gotham, whatever. But I legitimately do think, like, I, I want Rob Thompson to be the manager of this team next year. And I want to be the manager for the next couple years. You know, I think if you can get a guy that's a really good vibes uh, manager at the, at, the, at the head, that players like being around, that creates a, a loose locker room, that everyone talks about how prepared he is for everything. Like, it, it's not lost on me that he ran the spring training, uh, like, like, design or whatever. Like, he laid out their whole plan for everything. And that shows how detail-oriented he is. He's very smart about baseball, seems to know everything about it. And, you know, if you can just have him be the the leader and then use all of the, the pieces he had around him, you know, like ever since Girardi's been fired, I feel like Cotham's gotten to another level. You know, you see the um, Alex Coffey article a couple weeks ago about uh, P-H-A-P, bleep all pitchers. Like, I didn't hear that under mm-hmm. Joe Girardi. Kevin Long, mm-hmm. like, like... Brandon Marsh gets traded here and his first day he's like fix me to to Kevin Long like I'm going <laughs> to like like I'm I'm going to move on from that guy I think that's really important so and and Bobby Dickerson we know what he's done all year with the, with the, the defensive pieces on this team so like keeping this coaching staff intact and not risking them being moved on from by bringing in a different manager and he wants to bring in his own guys I'm good with this crew I want I want these guys to be here so um yeah, it, it, it's it's really really interesting, and um, well, you know, I, I I like Charlie's obviously different. Charlie's the best manager in team history, but I think that Rob Thompson has a chance to be this generation's Charlie. Yeah, and so first and foremost, Jack, let me tell you, I don't think you have to worry because I think he's going to be here next year. Because you said this on the last pod, and I was like, yo 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 yo, the Phillies are making the playoffs. I actually think the Phillies and the Cardinals are making the playoffs. As we saw this weekend, I think the Brewers are going to fall out of it. The Phillies are good. They're making the playoffs, man. And, you know, we'll see. But, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, you know. But, like, I really think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think no matter what, if they make the playoffs, they are bringing Thompson back. Like, how could you not? If they make the playoffs, they're going to have ended the season on, at worst, a 20-game above 500 pace like they're on now. And it'll probably be more because more, they're going to have to continue to win games and get further and further above. I mean, they're three games behind the Braves all of a sudden, Jack. Like, they are ahead of the Padres. They're two games up on the Brewers. Like, they're an infinitely more talented team than the Brewers. I think Topper is going to be here next year no matter what. And I, you're not going to love this. But, like, 
look, it's there is like a a precedent for this in very recent baseball history where a guy was like a, and that's the thing too. It's like yes, he's a first time major league manager. This guy's managed a lot of games in the minors. He's mm-hmm. been around a lot of baseball teams. Like that stuff matters. Like it's still situational, you know, awareness. What you do in these situations, who to use, all that type of stuff. And you know who it honestly reminds me of? And I know you're not going to like it, but just... it is what it is. It's Brian Snicker, I man. Know. Like, this is Brian Snicker. And, like, look how that worked out. I agree. And um, I think that's what – I think that's one of the first things we mentioned when they hired him is that this does have Snicker potential where it's like the baseball lifer finally gets his shot. And crazy concept, the guy that's been in dugouts forever that has managed a ton of games <laughs> that runs, like, spring training and everything turns out to be a good manager. What a, what a crazy concept. And, honestly, for years, like – not having to be the guy, you know, not having to be the manager, not being able to like being able to be the, the second in command or whatever that allows you to get closer to players because you're kind of the guy, the 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 go between. Point, dude. He's a, he's the, he's the go. And it also allows you to see the mistakes that the guy you're right next to makes. And boy, you know, did like he have firsthand. a lot. He had a lot to to write down. <laughs> do you think he had his own Girardi files? Do you think that he had his like? Oh, buddy, do you think he's he like? Ever. Are you serious, Joe? I'll bet you he was. Honestly, I'll bet you there were situations where he was. Like, how could he not be? Like, he's clearly good at this, and he clearly Girardi clearly wasn't. Like, there were clearly moments when he's the bench coach and he's with Girardi, and Girardi says to do something. He's like, "Well, I wouldn't bleep and do that, yeah. but okay, Joe." Imagine you know? how furious that would make you. Like every day, uh, you, do you know me? Especially me, you know how like quick twitch I am with that stuff. Like, I would not be able, like Rob Thompson is definitely the opposite personality of me. I am like, you know. A lot, and Rob Thompson seems very calm, cool, and collected. So, yeah, yeah, he's 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 yeah. special, and uh, uh, I I just again, I I I've I watch them every single night, and it's just like this is a this is a well managed baseball team, and that's uh, yeah. a crazy place to be in. Like even Gabe, you know, Gabe has turned into a fine manager. Although I mean, Giants have just been uh, a dumpster fire recently. But like, even when I was yeah. watching Gabe, it was like, eh, not a great in-game manager. I think Rob Thompson is, is like, every time I watch him, I'm like, this makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's get them some, to uh, some specific guys. Um, obviously, we've talked about a few throughout. But quickly, uh, before we get to pitching, just a couple hitters I want to throw at you and just kind of, like, essentially, the the three guys who we had talked about for so long, really, Hoskins was was hitting the whole time, but obviously he's – like in one of it, he, that's the beautiful thing with what Hoskins been doing this year is the 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 lulls have been nowhere close to as as deep or as bad as in recent years, and we're still as we're seeing right now getting those you know patented best hitter on the planet for a week and a half hot streaks, which he is locked in right now. Like a couple of those homers, like to left center field, like you know we have not seen him just crushing a baseball like that to that part of the ballpark consistently in a while. So, um, but. But really, uh, JT and Cassie, like the two guys that we kind of, you know, when Harper went down and we're like, all right, dudes, like Schwarber's good. Hoskins is good. You're the other two $20 million a year guys. You know, and Hoskins, not $20 million a year, but the other you know, big hitters. Like how watching these guys right now and, and JT, it's been really since that Toronto series, he's mm-hmm. been like really awesome. And the, the, the triples this weekend, the homers, like hitting the ball really hard to the opposite field. And funny enough, like. For Casty, seeing him do the other thing and really pull the ball, well, it's like such a sign that both these guys are are getting back to what you know we we hoped and and prayed they could be. How real is this to you with both guys? Well, man, JT was so close to ending the David Bell reign. He I really know. Was. He even tweeted. I, honestly, it's your own fault for tweeting it was going to. No, I really felt it though. I really now, felt I like it did. was. Ending. I know you did, but this is like such a deep like personal like no one this is like so there there's rarely things in life where you can say i am the person in the world who cares most about this one thing i honestly in my soul believe without you know surveying every phillies fan on the planet i believe that you are the person who cares the most (laughs) about someone ending david bell's streak of of this cycle for as long as it's been i honestly i honestly believe that maybe there's one other person out there who's in your hemisphere but like you're like the point oh 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 one percent of this so like you can't mess around with this like you need to just either let it happen or or you know like it's not going to you know i i honestly believe that i really it's your own fault i have to again I, I truth, I truly believe this. Can't help yourself is what you're saying. You can't help yourself. 
I don't think they're ever going to hit for the cycle ever again. I really don't. Like, I know the Padres finally got their first, like, no hitter with Joe Musgrove a couple yeah, years Musgrove. ago. They're never hitting for the cycle again. Like, there's just, there is no doubt in my mind. It's never going to happen again. And yeah, James, I mean, sure. I was a few beers deep and I was really excited about the Phils. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Bleep it. He's, he, he's ending, he's ending the freaking, dude, David Bell was the worst. Like, there is just, there's no one worse. No one could look more miserable being here than David Bell. And the fact I that know. that guy, I'm with you. he's the last guy to hit for the cycle in France. Like, can we just please, I'm begging you, anyone, do it. You're never going to do it, but do it. Um, yeah, so JT, like, I think it was the home run Saturday where it was just the like. The one to right field, right? Where he just, like, crushed it to right. It's like, just like smoked that, it to right. That ball is just waffled. Like, just absolutely yeah. smoked. Um, it got out as quick as the Castellanos one to left, but yeah. to right. It was like a laser to right field. Yeah, and he's he's been uh, moving in the right direction, I want to say, like, even before the Toronto series. But ever since then, it's been ridiculous. I mean, you know, I think it's mostly real. He was never going to be as bad as he was. The only thing that was really concerning, I would say, early in the year is that it looked like the the power was all zapped. You know, and that's a that's a concern when you're talking about a catcher that's entering into his 30s. Like, is the is the power all gone? That's why the power numbers recently have just been so relieving because it's like, okay, he still has some some juice in that back because it was just so weird. You know, early in the season it was like deedyish where the ball just seemed to be dying off his bat. Like, sure, some I think I mean we were I think heading into July. And he had only barreled like 13 baseballs all year, which was obviously a disaster for some insane. Who- like he was on the list of like whenever you saw those list of like, you know, players with least barreled balls, like for the first like month plus of the season, JT was like top 10, top five, whatever it was like every time they put the list out. And again, cast, I, all that stuff. I will give credit to Kevin Long for this. I mean, it feels like a Kevin Long working, 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 and eventually you're getting that breakthrough. And that's kind of where I feel like a lot of these hitters are at with Kevin Law. You know, I mean, Schwarber obviously went off in June. Been been obviously cooler recently, but it hasn't been, like, off a crater. You know, he's actually mixed in some singles and doubles with some home runs, which is wild. Um, But obviously, you know, in June, he kind of really picked it up and was insane, and I I could attribute that a lot to Kevin Long. Reese, I think, Looks his swing just looks tighter, like it doesn't look as loopy, and it looks like he's finally driving through the baseball rather than just you know uh, swinging it like a like a pool noodle or whatever. Um, JT, same kind of thing. Looks like he's finally finishing through. Uh, Nick Castellanos, we'll we'll get to him, but you know, like finally driving the baseball again. I mean, it was so like when he was going through his two and a half month slump, it was like just the the least conviction in swings I've seen from a great hitter in forever. Um, and recently it looks like he's really, you know, attacking and going for it and driving the baseball again. Like even, um, like even after the, the home run, like it was maybe the next night just roped a ball into right center field gap. It's like, there's, there it is. Like, like there's Nick Castellanos, but you're seeing, I mean, obviously Alec, the Alec Bohm ascension has just been ridiculous, but like all of these hitters as they've worked longer and longer with Kevin Long heading into the deeper portions of the season, we're we're getting all the best versions of them now. And we're not seeing the the Reese prolonged slump that we talked about. And we're not seeing JT just be dreadful for the whole year. We're not seeing uh Nick Cassianos be dreadful for the whole year. And you're starting to see the results that these guys are putting in. I mean, everyone around the team talks about how much time these guys spend in the cage. And and the fact that you're starting to see that now um should only back up their belief in, in K long as the, as the hitting coach. So um, I, th- I definitely think the Castellanos thing is real. I think he's taking good at bats. You know, the thing that's honestly been, been most telling for me, James is, is not the home run. It's not the, the, the smoked ball into the right center field gap. It's been the fact that he's actually working some walks and he's getting deep into counts and he's not just like waving at pitches and just, just yeah. like swinging over competitive them. at bats, right? Like right. just the, uh, competitive how insane is it to say that like oh nick castellanos looks like he's back because he's having competitive at bats yeah you know and, and they I, were like lifeless before they were they totally were i mean bryson stott another guy who like struck out six times in july <laughs> like like we're, we're seeing all of the 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 better versions of these phil's hitters and again like gene's back now what's gonna happen when they get bryce back it, it, like dude this team is gonna you said be at the top you're like it can't be underrated but like it's it's insane. Like I I feel like it, we can't say enough again. The fact that they have again they are eight games over five hundred since they lost the National League MVP last year. Like 
it, honestly, of all the impressive things this year, the fact that they've improved their record since Bryce went out substantially is like the single most impressive thing. It's amazing, Jack. It is um, almost amazing as going from seven games under 500 to 12 games over 500 just by firing <laughs> one guy. Just by, I know. Just by firing one guy. It's not like anyone was out there yelling fire this guy for a long time or anything, but, you know, it's cool. It is what it is. It's cool. All right. Um, I'll let you get to all the other, you know, pitchers, hitters, whatever you want to address in your take bags. I'm sure you got other stuff, but I just want to get to one more pitcher before I turn over the take bag, and then I got some other stuff for later. But, um, my dude. <laughs> Gibby! 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 So I tweet. Uh, so it's funny enough. I tweeted this, but I actually texted Jack. Gibby is better than Cindergard, and Jack wrote back, "He is." And I wrote back, "This is a stunning text to receive." And I know you don't like Cindergard that much, obviously, as we talked about many times. But I think it was the nicest thing you've ever said about Kyle Gibson. Are you turning on Gibby? Are you are you coming to to our side here? Gibby, he's going to start a playoff game, Jack. No, he's not. But um, <laughs> if they get to a seven-game series, he's going to have to. Because right, if... you'd rather have Gibby start with than Cindergard, right? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Actually, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Zach Wheeler's going to pitch on three days rest because he's Roy Holiday. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Although, I mean, Blanton pitched in that Giant series, so I guess. And he was, yeah, and it worked out. Like, let, can we can we let him hit too? Are we going to do that? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, he won't pitch in the first round series, but after uh, that, how I, how real quick, real quick, I want to get your thoughts on Gibby, but like just like that was honestly like that was a moment for me where I feel like we've joked about like and talked about the playoffs so many times in this pod, but like I just made a joke about like the playoffs and I actually believed we were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, like that's like it's it's such a strange feeling. Anyway, it give is. Me, give him his due. I, give him his due. I one hundred percent will give him his due. Uh, like oh, two million percent. Um, you know it, it's interesting. It's it's again. It's either he's just brutal, or he's really really good. And they got good Gibby on Friday. I loved how into it he was. You know, like he was jumping off the mound, like the bone play. He's happened. animated. He's animated across the board. Like he does have some fire as a. We saw as soon as he got here. Remember that Met series? How into that he was when he got the hit and all that. Like he's he's got some fire when he's out there. I love that. Yeah, and and Gibby's perfectly fine. I think recently. The thing that I've liked the most about watching him is I feel like he's using his changeup more. You know, if if I was Kyle Gibson, I would pretty much be sinker and then working my changeup off my sinker. I think if he has that plan against lefties, he is is really tough to hit. And he's done a better job recently of it, it seems that way. He just he's done a better job recently of when runners get on base, just like not completely crumbling. I mean, that was the thing that was so frustrating was like he'd be good for really, for four innings, and then, like, second time through the lineup, it would be like a runner gets on first base, and bang, here comes three or four runs. It seems like that is happening less and less. So, listen, I'll give I'll give Gibby his credit. He's a fine number four or five starter. I would prefer him to be my five more than my four. Um, and, man, after seeing Noah Syndergaard's first start, I will I am Ooh. much more appreciative of uh, well. of Kyle Gibson. Well, especially after we watch the rest of the series and see how the other pitchers handled that Nationals lineup, like yes. the same lineup that like 11 hits in five innings. And like it wasn't just the 11 hits. It was also like every out too. like, you know, everyone put the bat on the ball. There were so few swings and misses. And that's the thing with Gibby that like is at least interesting is like especially like there are nights when he's on like, you know, it's funny because I'm looking at his game logs and like. You know, the, the, the game he just pitched, eight innings, one earned, two hits. Like, he had six innings, two earned, then one before with only four hits. Six innings, one run, four hits, a couple before. Seven innings, two hits, no earned runs. He's had an eight innings, no earned run. Like, he can go out and, and, like, be locked in on a night where he actually does have swing and miss stuff. Like, he has had, so he had 10 strikeouts in the game. Like, he's had some certain nights where, like, his stuff feels like, it, and granted, we have not watched Syndergaard on the Phillies much this year, but, you know, Jack has watched a lot of, of him on the Angels, and I've seen a few games this year on the Angels. And, like, it just doesn't feel like Syndergaard stuff has the same, like, when Gibby's locked in, the same type of bite and and just kind of nastiness that Gibby can call up on a certain night. And if nothing else, it does feel like, you know, you're right. Like Gibby will have those nights where he's got a couple, you know, where six earned runs and and three innings or four innings or whatever. But it it often feels like it's, and this is somewhat anecdotal, but you know, we watch them. I feel like it's like 
he runs into a bad inning and it's his own fault or whatever. But like, I feel like he'll be dealing for like three innings, like looking great. And then I'll get to the fourth and I'll get one out and then I'll give up like six runs and it's three and a third, six runs. But like, he kind of just fell apart in an inning. But like, I feel like the, the majority of innings that Kyle Gibson pitches for the Phillies are good more than bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, although I can't believe you used uh, Kyle Gibson and Nasty in the same sentence. You know, that's not something I was he expecting. He has been at times, though, right? Like, na- Okay, you're right. Nasty is strong, but like nastier than you'd think. Is that fair? Yeah, again, I, I think he's fine. I think I think he's he's perfectly fine. Uh, what do you want me to say? That he's the, the next ace? I think he can beat Joe Blanton. All right, all can he right, beat Joe Blanton? Right, right. Yes, I think he can beat Joe Blanton for the future World Series I champion, agree. Philadelphia Phillies. Noah Syndergaard, on the other hand, I felt like I was watching an Arietta start. Now, oh my God! I, honestly, I think Arietta like felt better. <laughs> well, I mean, that was horrible. I'll dude. give I'll give him a little bit of a break. I mean, nine days off and then flying across country, all of that. So I, we understand the human totally. side of it. Totally. Um, although Gibson missed like 10 new days. New team, new spot and all that. But also it does feel like that the way he is now with kind of like the the sinker stuff and like the slower fastball, but, you know, it's still 95. It's not like it's crazy. So it's just so compared to what, or 94, 90, whatever, like compared to what it was, it just feels like he's the kind of guy who, you know, he's not going to be, you know, striking – a bunch of guys out regardless, but it feels like he's the kind of guy who could really benefit from being in front of a good defensive team. You know, maybe the numbers could look a little bit better and look, the Phillies are better defensively now than they've been this season with the addition of Marsh and, you know, kind of the removing around the infield and getting Segura back and eventually, you know, uh, uh, like the boom getting better and all that type of stuff. But, um, it does feel like Syndergaard is is defense dependent more than others. Yeah, definitely on those nights you want more Edmundo Sosa out there for sure, um, playing Big as time. much as Big much time. as much defense as possible. And uh, I do think that going forward with him, like the the best, he's one of those guys where he's adjusting his arsenal. You know, he's he's not used to not throwing a hundred miles an hour, and you know the kind of slider off of that. So you know, I don't I don't think the curveball has been something he's used a lot in the past. But if you look at all the numbers against his pitches this year, the curveball has been his best pitch. So I wonder if going like they've done a good job of of changing up usage usages on pitches. Like obviously we know about the Alvarado cutter, we know about the Bellotti slider. Nola was throwing a lot of cutters the other day. So I wonder if that's their new thing is the Syndergaard curveball as kind of their secret weapon. I feel like he didn't throw it that much um, in his first start, so maybe that can be the thing that can get them to be useful. Yeah, and look, to the point we made about, you know, Brandon Marsh coming here and being like, fix me, and he had a nice weekend, you know, two hits again uh, yesterday, all that stuff. Like, you know, same thing on the pitching side, right? And to your point, we've seen them do it, but like, Caleb, go to work, man. You know, get the best out of this guy. And and to your point, I do think that that possibility is here. And look, you have a guy who's, who's pitched in big games before, you know, he's been on good teams before. So, like, you know, there is upside with it, but so far, you know, certainly not a uh, inspiring first start. All right, take no. bag in a second. Uh Shout out to Miller Lite, by the way. Uh, Always. Oh, by the way, I saw a couple people we saw at the Miller Lite uh, uh, High Hopes watch party out in Skipback at the the fish show. Shout out to Stephen Malvern, who I saw. Uh, Met him at the High Hopes watch party. That was super cool. And I mentioned before, saw saw Philippe at the fish show. Happy 41st birthday, buddy. So um, good times. But um, we have uh, some awesome stuff coming up. An event to tell you about in a sec. But first, Miller Lite. Restaurant of the Week. Shout out to our High Hopes Miller Lite Restaurant of the Week. Uh, the Buckets Tavern in Jenkintown. Jack Fritz name test. Uh, that is in a 10 out of 10. Mm. Buckets. Am I right, Jack? Like Buckets Tavern, 10 out of 10 on the name test? Just sounds like a great time. Do you like that I I, I spun the name test to a, a place instead of a person? Because it's always been people, but I just used it on a, a restaurant, tavern, bar place. Like I well, think that's, you know. It matters. I like I mean, it. I mean, it just it just straight up matters. Buckets. Like, who doesn't love buckets? So shout out to Buckets Tavern in Jenkintown. Shout out. I got family. My grandfather lived in Jenkintown his whole life. I love Jenkintown. A um, uh, couple nuggets uh, for you uh, from uh, the uh, the Buckets Tavern in Jenkintown. Classic neighborhood bar down in Jenkintown on West Ave. That's a nice spot down there. Again, a beautiful place. It's a great place to watch. Phil's enjoy $3.00. Miller Lights, as always, thank you to Miller Lights. Celebrate responsibly, official partner of the Philadelphia Phillies. And speaking of the Philadelphia Phillies, coming up, we've mentioned it before, but we're really getting there. We are 18 days away, Jack Fritz. Our next 
Ring the bell night mm. at Miller Lite Liberty Landing at Citizens Bank Park Friday, August 26th versus the Pirates. 7.05 first pitch. We'll be in the Miller Lite Landing from 6 o'clock on hanging out. If you know um, we've been to those games, we basically just stay there the whole time and hang out with anyone who wants to come hang out with us. Um, and rumors, Zoe and Emily Seltzer will be making an appearance at that game as well. If that is uh, the kind of thing you're interested in, in meeting my daughter, who is the coolest girl on the planet, I'm just saying. Um, she will be there, I think. That's the plan. Um, and we'll be giving out tickets uh, on WIP list and WIP for ticket giveaways. And uh, and obviously, we'll be telling you on the podcast how you can get those tickets. But but honestly, August 26th, phillies.com. All you need to do is get a ticket to the game, and we'll be there. Um, so uh, so shout out to Miller Light for all that. All right, Fritzy, uh, take back it up, buddy. Oh, little take back it up. You shouted out a couple listeners. I want to shout out one that I sent you that I thought was really cool, and that is Matt Wilcox. Uh, who's oh, this was so cool. Yeah. Shout out to this, like shout out to Matt. This yeah. is really awesome. Sent us a DM, uh, just about the podcast and how he got a shirt a couple years ago. And again, hope we can get shirts back. Um, that would be, be massive. And I guess he used it as a goal to, to fit into the high hope shirt and he's done it. He looks, looks, looks like a snack in the high hope shirt. So, uh, oh. It looks amazing, dude. Shout out. And I, Jack, I don't, you know, we don't talk about it like it because I was in high school time, but I was like 50 pounds heavier in high school. I weigh like anywhere depending on the day of the week from like 165 to 175 now. I weighed 223 pounds in high school. I know what it's like to have to lose a bunch of weight to go through that and all that. And Matt, like, you look at those pictures, it's freaking awesome, man. Like, keep at it. You're doing amazing. You look amazing. And, and I know how hard that could be. So, um, just proud. And the fact that Jack, the fact that like, even in the most ancillary way, just the, the shirt size that we sent him could that like this podcast could somehow have an impact on, you know, something meaningful like that. Like, I don't know. It's humbling. It's weird. I appreciate it. It's like just so cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm blown away by it. So uh, thank you. Very, very cool. So shout out to Matt. Um, hopefully to see you at a uh, high hopes, uh, uh, thing soon. Um, but I love that. I love that. Like, Dombrowski spent what, like three months watching his team and was like, you know what? I do need good defense in here. This is, this is tough. <laughs> like Didi out. And Didi was actually pretty good defensively this year, whatever. Um, yeah, we haven't, we haven't recorded since that, have we? You know, shout out to Didi. Like we appreciate him here and stuff like that. But also shout out to the Phillies for having the, like the old school Phillies don't just eat whatever it was, three mil, four mil, whatever was left of the course of the year. Like, they just don't do that. Like I, I had so much respect for the Phillies just saying, Hey, we made a mistake. You know, it's hurting our team. We're not just going to keep him because he cost us money. Like, here you go. Like I really Jack as someone again, who's older than you and like watched the Phillies for a really long time. Like, I don't know about you, but to me that felt like a very un Phillies like move. Yeah. They made three smart decisions in three straight days. It was absolutely Unbelievable. insane. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, like they, they just decided the defense matters. Crazy concept, which is fun. Um, and Mundo Sosa, dude, he was so I, I never thought I would see a defender as good as Mundo Sosa again in a Phillies uniform. Like it was ridiculous, <laughs> dude. It was ridiculous watching him the other night. Like the diving, the diving stop down third base line was ridiculous. Like just, I mean, you want to talk about one, probably the, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen suit up for the Phillies. I mean, and Mundo Sosa is already in there. Uh, the other takeaway from the defensive side is like, it's like there was a, a pop up to center field and Stotts like sprinting back and then just like pulled up. And I think he was just like, oh, wow, he's just there. That's a crazy idea. Brandon, <laughs> like Brandon Marsh is just there. Like, I don't even have to, to worry about it. So um, I, I got again. <laughs> this is going to sound insane. I think about Brandon Marsh a lot. I really do. Like, I think <laughs> like I, I need a, a anyone who's ever listened to this podcast doesn't think that is insane. I'll actually, they think like, no, that sounds like something Jack would say. I think about him a lot, like just turning into a potential, like him reaching his potential here. And like the Phillies, like Kevin Kiermaier, but a better hitter. Well, just the idea that the Phillies figuring out how to turn around a top 50 prospect into like a possible all-star like that's something that matters a lot to me like that matters so much when i'm talking about and evaluating the future of this franchise if they get brandon marsh back to what he was as a prospect like 
that's really important for the future of this team. So, yes, Brandon Marsh is very, very important to me. But, yeah, I mean, defense at, at third base with Sosa was insane. Stoddard's look pretty good. Segura's look good. Um, going and trading for Marsh, being able to put Veerling in late in Marsh in center field, like, all of a sudden their defense isn't as big of a worry as I think a lot of people had it. Uh, how about Bryce Harper in the booth? Like just out of nowhere. Oh all- yeah. I didn't I didn't mention it because I knew it would be here and I just left it in the holster because I was like, this is definitely gonna be a problem take back. Like, first off, just comes out of nowhere. There's like it's like all of a sudden, okay, Bryce is sitting here, and I was like, Oh, cool, we'll do an inning. And then it's like five innings later. Yeah. Five yeah. innings later. He's just he just nails it every single time. Like he just no matter what he does, it, it, he just he just gets it. He gets us. He gets this fan base. He knows what to say. He knows just he I love the way he talks about his teammates, you know, and, and his reaction to the Bohm Homer I thought was really, really cool. And the most important thing he said, James. Uh-huh. Is future shorts. I mean, I, I feel like I can just <laughs> like we can just announce it, right? Like future shortstop of the Philadelphia Phillies, Trey Turner. Welcome to Philadelphia, Trey. We are happy to have you. We look forward to hopefully having you on this podcast someday. We are super excited for the Trey Turner era. So, yes, yes, let's yeah. announce it. Trey Turner. That is... <laughs> we can just announce like, it. For, for Trey to just... For, for Bryce to just throw that out there. And, like, honestly, for it to just feel so logical from a money coming off the books, positional needs, situation where this team is at. Like, it just, like... It's like, yeah, like, yeah, that makes... All the sense in the world. Although, Turner. <laughs> good. Although I will say this, gonna have to give up another second round pick to to sign him, and that would be get over it, pal. Very get over it. Get over it. It crushed. As much as I love Nick Cassianos, Trey Turner, you know, a significantly better. I mean, Trey Turner is like a top ten player in baseball type dude. So, hey, hey, you know, um, you know who wouldn't cost a qualifying offer in a second round pick? Mm-hmm. Carlos Correa. Yeah, but Trey Turner is better than Carlos. Gray. Wow, wow, yep. big take. Better, big take. Better, he is. Wow. He's better. He's better. Let's be honest. Um, also, just to to the Bryce and the Boost thing, like it is really fun when you like, cause like especially for this pod, I, I like I feel like it's the ethos of this pod of like you know we always talk about it, like we just we don't curse on this pod. I was about to say a curse, but we bleeping love baseball. We just bleep and love the fills like we just we just love it like it's our thing and all that and like hear your star player like the guy who chose us the guy who you know won an mvp for us for the first time in a de- you know 15 years or whatever 12 year 14 years in our franchise as, as fans all this stuff like to hear him in the booth and just hear like the youthful exuberance and just pure love he has for the sport that we love i don't know like it just feels like I don't know. It matters to me. It's like, oh, our dude loves this game and this team as much as we do. And I don't know. I don't know why it matters, but it does, Jack. Well, what a crazy concept. Maybe having broadcasters that care about the sport. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's a good way to grow the game rather than every... How about a commissioner who, compares about, who cares about the sport? That'd be nice. Too, every right? single old player that gets on there just rails against the modern sport. Like, what a crazy concept. People like listening to positivity about baseball. Um, speaking of Bryce Harper... Uh, where the hell is Derek Hall going to play when when Bryce Harper comes back? I mean, is he just going to be the, the Matt Stairs role? Um, I don't think they can send him. Which down. you know you could do. Work. No, no, no. He's on the team no matter what. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you're if you're trying like he's a massive pinch hit bat you can have, and look like you know there are certain nights you could do things to maneuver around the lineup. But I think when it comes down to it, in the end, yes, I think he's Matt Stairs when they make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been remarkable watching Derek Hall. Oh, that like, one, he, that one, for, honestly, like the, the dichotomy of his two homers on Sunday, like the, to be able to just like muscle it that far out to the opposite field was just in and of itself incredibly impressive. But then the next homer to like be able to pull it like almost triple deck to right. Like it was just like, wow, man, like this guy's got some like real deal legitimate power. Yeah, just uh, keep hitting and increasing that trade value for the offseason. <laughs> Very well, sorry. Well, it does present, like, to your point before, you know, you know, moving forward this offseason and moving forward, like, the Rees 
thing is made more interesting by it. It adds another layer to it because one way or the other, I think you can say that like either Derek Hall or Reese Hoskins will probably be traded at some point, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, you know? Yep. So that's going to be interesting uh, for the offseason for sure. But if he keeps hitting, they don't really have a spot for him and they could possibly move him for like a bullpen arm. So whatever. Um, but for this year, what a weapon to have off the yeah. bench, right? Like what a weapon. 100%. 100%. Uh, dude, real quick on some future fills. I mean, Painter and... <laughs> you can't. Oh, I dude, I can't. It. I love it. I can't, man. You're the best. I can't. I love it. I can't. Freaking Mick Abel and Andrew Painter over the weekend. It's like... I... Like, people make fun of, like, prospects, and you don't get rid of them. And you, you know, like, oh, they're going to bust. And, oh, well, remember Kyle Drabeck? Duh. Dude... Andrew Painter is like in a different stratosphere when it comes to to the Phillies prospects I'm used to seeing. Like Aaron Nola is the best homegrown pitcher they've had since Hamels, and like, dude, Andrew Painter's on another level. And like, I love. Oh, it's not even close, prospect wise. Like, not even close. I mean, it is. It is a, a free and easy ninety-seven with. He re- might be a top twenty prospect in baseball next year. He, like, he's like. That's a real chance. He might be the best pitching prospect in baseball when it's all he, said and like, done. That's the point. Like, yeah, like in the next year or two, like depending how long he's in the minors, like he's if he continues on this trajectory, he will be one of those like top five bit top five prospect in baseball, best pitching prospect in baseball, one of the two best pitching prospects in baseball. Like, yes, he is that level. I don't say this lightly. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't say this lightly because he's my one of my well, obviously he's my favorite Phillies pitcher of all time, but like he's got Roy Halladay potential. I'm just telling oh, you, buddy. He, he's oh. he he lived, he has he has. Not that Halliday. none of these like aggressive comps you make have ever gone wrong. So I feel I feel confident. He has a chance to be Roy Halladay. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, we got to do this. I'm so sad, um, dude. Mickey gets a fresh start out in L.A. He hits two homers. Looks like good for him. Good for our guy. And freaking breaks his finger and is done for the year. I know. Poor it's Mickey. Poor Mickey. I know. You um, just can't get your break. It's no. super frustrating. Like, But we love you, Mick. You'll get there. Keep plugging. Look, you showed you could do it. You went out to L.A. and started crushing. I, I believe it. There's no better place for him than L.A. Like, it'll be perfect. Yep. Uh, two more things here. You know what sucks, James? I didn't realize this until the other day. That if they make the playoffs as like the third wild card, they don't get a home playoff game. So I know. Is- I know they need to win that first round. Well, that's kind of why, you know, them passing the Padres and threatening the Braves is like a little like precarious. Like ultimately you want them to to, you know, be as good as they can, but like that third wild card and getting to face the Cardinals or Brewers and probably the Cardinals is such a better spot than having to face the Braves or face the, the Mets or yeah, whatever it's going to be, you know? So, but also I need a home playoff game. Like, like me too. Well, they got to, they got to win around. Well, Jack, the only way we're getting home playoff game is they have to win the first round series. So well, let's hope for the best ra- first round series match. Unless they catch the Braves. Yeah. Unless they catch the Braves. And the final thing in a take back and for longtime listeners of this podcast, this is going to be a very important and very Ooh. impactful statement. But Ooh. I feel comfortable saying it, and I feel ready to say it. And that is that Dave Dombrowski is a better president of baseball ops and a better choice for this franchise than Haim Bloom would have been. Whoa! Whoa, buddy. Wow. Wow, Jack. deny that. Why would I? I mean, right now, I mean, Boston's floundering. You know, everyone's Dombrowski's, furious at him. Dombrowski's building the front office like a freaking all star. Like, look to the point. Like, I think Hyam Bloom is a a savant. I think he's a super smart guy. I think he knows how to win, but he's also young and hasn't had the same experience. Like Dombrowski is. You, like, if nothing else, if you want to compare the two, the one thing you would absolutely immediately put in the Nebraska check mark or box or whatever is experience. And and 
he we've said this so many times and it's the one thing that you know when he first came in obviously we're always on board long time listeners yeah know, we never doubted never, nev- never doubted it he was not our he was not our disaster scenario no we were we were always in um but you know the, I, like the one thing we've been saying for a really really long time that has always been even since they hired him whatever else we said like the one positive we always said is like this guy knows what a winning organization looks like. And that for a Phillies franchise that has not been a winning organization for a long time, you know, that matters. It matters. The infrastructure that you build, the the Phillies way thing that Jack always talks about, all that stuff, like it matters so much. And I think that that is the, what we've seen in the, the couple years. And again, that's the impressive thing is look, Nebraska came in like, Right after the the pandemic season, like right, like in in this kind of weird off season leading into a strike, like all this like kind of weird, or right before the pandemic season, all this like weird stuff that's happening, like, and he hasn't, he's finally kind of like settled into this spot and this role in this team, and and you know, it's I think it's really exciting what he's building, and um, yeah, honestly, like as crazy as it is, is I. I Right now, in this moment, I'm happier we have Dave Dombrowski than Haim Bloom, Jack. And happier than we have him than Theo Epstein. That's a fact. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially more, not, not, not because the Phillies don't have Theo, but because I need Theo to be available to take over for Rob Manfred. Like, enough already. Like, enough, right. enough, enough. Agreed. Um, agreed. All right. Uh, Fritzy, last thing I got for you uh, before final thoughts. Um, we're not going to dive into it super deep. You know, we don't, you know, um, great vibes, great time. This we're bottom, not letting, we're not letting him, Zach. we're not letting him ruin, yeah. uh, you fun know what? Phillies like, again, we don't team. curse on the pod, but if I could curse, I would say Pete Rose is a piece of bleep and you know, that's really all that matters. And I, you know, I think, I think that they made a mistake bringing him back. It is what it is. It happened. I think the whole situation kind of sucks. And, it's a shame. I think from a baseball perspective, like, you know, obviously like he belongs in the hall of fame as a baseball player. He belongs like being honored as a player, but you know what? Like just a bad dude. And, and sometimes as we've dealt with, you know, in recent years, like, you know, this is sports. This is our choice to have fun with this, to enjoy this. And like, sometimes, you know, I just don't want to like celebrate a, a crappy dude. So that's kind of my, you know, 30 second reaction to alumni weekend, Jack. I felt like we had to mention it, but it's yeah. just like, you know how we feel like we think it was dumb. We don't like the guy. Like, I don't really have more to say. You know, I'm. it's it's a shame it happened. But, you know, I'm not going to it did none of the, the this team had nothing to do with it. And this like this group of guys. And, and that's like what I'm into right now. But it's a bummer. It sucked. Like, that's what I have to say. I, I don't like the guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I think Alice Coffey has been really, really good here. And I'm, uh, I think she's been phenomenal here, Jack. Yeah. Like seriously, like she has done a outstanding, like the amount of scoops she's gotten, like in just interesting tidbits, the Schwarber toes, like all those things throughout the season, like for a first time reporter stepping into the beat and, and walking right in the locker room. Like, I think she's done an outstanding job covering the team this year. I'm happy she's here. Yeah. And frankly, like the, when I saw that quote, I it, like it, it, it crushed my soul. It really did. Yeah. Like I just, I couldn't believe that's how you talk to uh, someone else. And you think about Alex, you think about like, I think destiny's awesome too. So, um, you know, shout out to them for, for covering this team. Like that, that, the, 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 the 55 years ago, babe thing, it was so, so disappointing. And just, it, we've come too far as a society to be taken, you know, backwards. So, um, yeah, never again. Never again with 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 uh, Pete Rose. So, but yeah, but this Phillies team is uh, we're not letting him bring down the what was a great weekend. No, because he had nothing to do with it. Look, and the organization made a mistake, and they shouldn't have let him back. And they listened to their players, and they listened to whatever. And you know, mistakes happen. And I'm not gonna you know indict them forever about it. It's it's ultimately about you know Pete Rose being someone who is not worthy of being celebrated in any way, shape or form. Like, yeah, he was a damn good baseball player, but so was Ty Cobb, you know, so were a lot of, you know, crappy people. And, um, and you can, uh, 
you know, respect their career and the type of player they were without celebrating them, without giving them love, without like praising them. And, uh, and I think that's what it has to be for Pete Rose. Cause you know, it, it he's clearly not a, a great person or not even a good person. And, uh, and, you know, just kind of accentuated this weekend, you know, to, to get this opportunity for him after all this stuff that's happened again, he should have never for the horrendous, you know, we're not even talking about the gambling, obviously that the horrendous things he's done, like, to get this opportunity to come back and then to handle it this way, like to not, you know, be humble and, you know, be um, contrite and, and try and own his mistakes and try and, you know, accept his faults and his problems stuff and to instead go the other way and not just, you know, refuse to talk about it, but, but, you know, callously, you know, regard a woman in that situation. Like, you know, I want to bleep that guy. That is my take on it. All right, uh, Fritz, final thoughts before we get out. I look forward to beating Sandy Alcantara again. This team finds a way to beat Sandy Alcantara yet again this week. Um, Syndergaard versus Alcantara is definitely not the uh, you know, the prime matchup. Only for Gibby. I mean, you know, you know who dominates Alcantara? It's Gibby. Yep. Just saying. So, uh, listen, Marlins week. Uh, they, they're playing a lot of losing teams going forward here. I hate off days, especially when the fills are hot, but they'll be back tomorrow. It's amazing that we can just say the fills are hot. It's not a joke. even doing that. Yeah. It's not it's a not bit. Who let the fills get hot or whatever. It's just the fills are hot. They're a good baseball team. They got 20 of their next 35 against losing teams. Like this is real. And this is really exciting. And, uh, you know, finally, this podcast gets a chance to talk about a good baseball team. What a freaking thrill. Um, all right. Um, my final thought is I'm super excited to actually get to go on this uh, a real playoff run journey with the this community here. Like, this is going to be special, and I can't wait. August 26th, coming out with us. Let's celebrate. Like, this is going to be super fun. Um, and... Um, I'm just happy, man. I'm happy. And uh, Fritzy, like, finally. Finally, you can be positive and be over the top about this team. And we're all right there with you, buddy. <laughs> yep. How about it? Yep. How about it? <laughs> all right. We'll be back later in the week. He's Fritz himself. We'll talk to you soon.